0: Hey there everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 70, oh man, I already forgot, 72? <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Dang, 72, 71, something like that. Both of us of have the been show lacking
1: sleep, and we yeah. Where
0: geeks get together to talk about God, and God followers get together to talk about
1: geeky things. I'm the one who's confused, my name's Luke Navarro. And I'm Witty he Comeback here, I'm, I'm Mike Perna. Yeah, we're.
0: it's yet to be determined whether you're confused or not. We'll let the folks decide for themselves. But Luke,
1: we're in... I'm completely blaming this on post-festivities-itis. Like, okay, see, that works for you. Did you not... Because you had festivities. Did you not enjoy the wonder that is International Tabletop Day? So, as we're
0: recording, yesterday was International Tabletop Day. I enjoyed the wonder uh,
1: vicariously through the Twitters. I I was li I was lighting up the Twitter. Yes.
0: Yes. I was not able to attend, unfortunately, because Will and Felicia did not discuss it with me when they set the date. <laughs> Clearly, so, I
1: need to be brought in on the decision-making process. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you
0: know, uh, so I didn't get to. I did. I have done though a ton of gaming in the last two weeks. All right. Um. So in addition to all the board gaming that I've been doing, I've also played a ton of the new Diablo 3 expansion.
1: Oh, that's right. You're playing your Crusader, aren't you?
0: I am playing the Crusader at level 70 today. Uh, So that's pretty cool. Um, Really fun. You know, Diablo 3, I'm sure we talked about it on the show. How could we not have... I'm gonna just assume we did. I don't remember actually yeah, doing it I, I can't say, but episode, I'm gonna assume we did. we did, yeah, we must have
1: um,
0: and at the time it was a good game, now it's perfect, I mean, they just made everything it's it's perfect, um you know, there's always gonna be tweaks and always gonna be people complaining about this power is too slow or this one's too great or whatever, but uh, if you want that clicky-clicky, let's just go and kill a bunch of stuff action, uh, this Diablo 3 2.0, so to speak, is great. I'm loving the Crusader. The Crusader's the guy, he just walks right into the middle of the room and just kills everybody. Nice. And then he walks to the next room. And kills, and kills everybody. <laughs> it's awesome, it's a lot of fun. He's huge, wears giant armor, has giant shield, carries a two-hand weapon in one hand because he's that's the kind of guy that he is. Uh, An awful lot of fun. So, I did that. Also, I don't know if you want to talk about these, but I saw Noah and Captain America since the last time we recorded. Okay, Uh,
1: I I will be seeing Noah with my father on Wednesday because uh, my dad's favorite Bible story of all time is Noah. My dad just eats, breathes, and sleeps Noah, and so it would be wrong of me to not see it with him. Alright, fair enough I would would ask just for the the elevator pitch Of both these movies Because we we are a spoiler-free zone Or at least try to be So just give up Uh, the the elevator pitch Of your opinion on these films
0: Okay, so Noah First off, you need to know I did my thesis on this story Okay So I've written essentially a 100-page book On Noah (laughs) uh, During my life Um And, uh, surprise, suffice to say, it surprised me, um, a very wild take on Noah's story. And in a way, kind of, I don't know, I I guess the best way to put it is it's the legendary films version of Noah.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? Kind of like Beowulf meets the Bible.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, and so it's very cool. Very cool. Um, You know, we'll talk about some of the biblical implications maybe after you see it. How about that?
1: There we go. Give people plenty of time to see it, right? And then we can discuss it. So where we're 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 less spoilery. There's the Winter
0: Soldier. Uh, I went into Winter Soldier with all kinds of people I respect saying it is as good as the Avengers.
1: I've heard Um, that as well
0: so I'll tell you what's happening uh, more and more with these Marvel movies. And that is each franchise is really developing its own thing. It's almost like they're each their own genre in a way. Uh, and so Captain America has that very much, you know, Jason Bourne, um, you know, almost GI Joe ish, uh, but better. um, Kind of a military esque
1: vibe. He's a superhero to with it. a Glock nine and a shield. How how could he not be?
0: Right, and so you know, uh, so it, you have to take into consideration. It it comes from that. So comparing the two is hard for me um, because I love Avengers and I love how funny Aven- Avengers was. This doesn't have as much funny, but it is definitely. I would say it's as big as a as Avengers was in terms of its importance in the Marvel world. Well, uh, this is a big, I could not believe this movie. In fact, the only negative things I've seen about this movie, the same thing uh, are the same things I thought like, whoa, this is so big. Like, why aren't you picking up the phone and calling your big green friend? Yeah, this is it It almost outsized a single movie that said, totally awesome. well, uh, another great Marvel movie.
1: I will say that apparently it is having an effect on the greater Marvel Universe because um, the last episode of Agents of Shield it it ends with the beginning of Winter Soldier, so apparently the next episode of that show is going to be the happening in the events after what happens at Winter Soldier
0: hmm. What was the last episode of uh, Agents of Shield? I'm not remembering.
1: Uh, The last one was it was they were uh, fighting Deathlock and right they 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 found the and the the, uh, the guy the clairvoyant yeah okay all right I'm with you
0: Um, I I really like that show as well Um, and yeah so I can't really say anything more without getting into spoiler territory we'll talk about it next time around
1: sounds like a plan.
0: Alright, so as for board games... Oh my goodness, I have played so many board games... Lovely. ...recently. Uh, a lot of them are ones that we've talked about on the show. I play a lot. I got a Battletech game in.
1: You got yeah. a Battletech game in.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I did. Uh, Tickets to Ride, of course. I, I play with the group uh, about most every week. An epic game of... Um, uh, nothing Personal. Uh with one of the best rounds of Nothing Personal that you you possibly played. Have, have awesome. you
1: kind of settled into that game? Because I know the first time you said it wasn't great, but you thought it could be.
0: You know what? It really makes a difference to play it again. Okay. Um, because the first time you play... So, this, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Nothing Personal is uh, based on the idea of a mafia. And that a mafia is sort of a pyramid scheme, right? It has a pyramid of power at the very top is the capo on your way down you have the underboss and the enforcer and you know all the way down to your street level thugs down at the bottom of the pyramid and you are trying to influence these various gangsters if you have the most influence on them you have control of them and as a reward each turn you get a certain amount of respect you get a certain amount of money and you can do certain things based on both who the character is and also which role they play uh, in the mob. And, you know, one thing that almost everybody does at first is goes for the top of the pyramid, they go for the capo.
1: That's a short well, game, my friend, that's a short game.
0: Right. Um, I started off and immediately took two guys that that kind of were dull, but one of them I think was an 8 Reputation, And then the other one was like a five. And I held those for three or four turns without anybody noticing. And so I was radically ahead in the game by turn five or six, uh, which of course, this is one of those games where if you are ahead, everybody's going to come for you. you. Uh, so they kind of figured out we had gotten to that critical point in the game where I was ahead by maybe 10, 15 points And I had just gotten control of another six reputation character. We were at the point where he was about to score. And if he scored again, I I was going to run away with this thing. Well, there's a mechanic in the game where you can whack a character. Mm -hmm. Only certain people can do this. uh, And you have to pay some money to do that. You have to pay ten in-game dollars. Nicest dollars ever, by the way.
1: Um, well, th- there uh, was no way. I mean, as much as Tom Vassell rallies against bad right. money, I would imagine that he took extra extra care to make sure that the money <laughs> in his game didn't suck. Right. So
0: the um, so they they decide they're going to try to do this, and uh, the mechanic for it is you, you just roll a d six, and I think I might have this wrong, but I think it's. There's three faces of the D6 which are successful, two which are not successful, and one which is essentially a critical failure where you yourself die. Okay. So he, he rolls the dice, and he dies. Now, here's where it gets interesting. There's another mechanic in the game where you can pay 10 to re-roll any die. Okay. Well, he doesn't have the money to do this now because he had to pay to try to kill me. So the rest of the players get together. Everything in this game is negotiable. You can transfer money, power, anything, anytime you want. And so the rest of the players start pooling their money together. They pay for the reroll. They roll the die. And it comes up a fail. So I'm like, hey, you guys just should let it go right now. You know, you tried, <laughs> you failed. Hey, because I always talk a little bit like, uh, you know, somebody from New Jersey Oh. When I'm playing this game. <laughs> oh. You know what, you're
1: talking about the Mafia, so I'll we'll even let you get away with that one. <laughs> uh, but no, of course not.
0: They all get together, pool some more money, re-roll the die. They throw the die again, and it comes up kill. Again.
1: <laughs>
0: A Critical fail again. At this point, I'm literally screaming and dancing around the game store. Right, <laughs> so finally, they get together for a fourth roll.
1: Everybody is broke. They have literally exhausted all resources, yeah.
0: and they take me out at which point I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know at it some was point so it fun becomes that a moment, it, right. It was so fun, it was I'm fine with it, but it was effective. They were f- able to catch up with me. I ended up coming at second, uh, but an epic game of uh nothing personal also got to play an epic game of Castle Panic. Actually, I DM'd an epic game of Castle Panic. How do you DM um,
1: Castle Panic?
0: I play, taught them and kind of oh, okay okay. I was about uh, to say, I'm so, like,
1: you're playing it differently than I know how to play that game. There
0: actually is a mechanic in Castle Panic so that somebody can play the monsters. Really? Yeah, um, but I didn't want to do that. I, I just wanted them to experience the game because I love Castle Panic. It's a game I play with my kids all the time. Uh, but it's a game that maybe has a reputation that it's too easy for real gamers. You know what I mean? Right.
1: It's it's a lighter end of this bag. Right.
0: Uh, so let, let's just cut to the chase here. This six very experienced gamers playing this game. By the time we are done, it comes down to one tower standing and two monsters in the bag. Nice. And the bottom line is, if they pull out the monster. A and B, they lose. If they pull out the monster, B and A, they win. That is a really well-designed game. Yeah. A game that comes down with really good players, comes down to the draw. The last play of the game. And they've drawn it correctly, they won, everybody had a great time, it was awesome. Uh, So that was cool. Alright, so, those are games that I have played. Let's get into the games that are new to me. Okay. Uh, the first is a game called pastiche It's a um, name that I've heard, but I know nothing about it. All right, so the idea is you're playing as art restorers. So th- you, have, you have your own, and then there's also a common set of famous artworks by various famous, you know, Da Vinci, uh, El Greco. Um, see how very little cultural knowledge I have.
1: Well-known people in the yeah. art world.
0: And so what ends up happening is you have hexes on which have the three primary colors, which are, I guess, red, yellow, and blue, right? Um, And there's a single hex to start you off, and you put down hexes, and when you match two sides of the hexes, you get either secondary colors, so, you know, your greens and your purples and etc., or if you match three sides of the hexes together... Get tertiary colors: teal, magenta, olive, etc. And then there are some rules where you can trade in colors to get black, trading colors to get white. Um, and but the key to the game is your ability to get those primary colors, because those primary colors are very rare. Uh, and you can do it either by choosing just one primary color during your turn and not getting all of. You could be getting three, four, five other colors, depending on how the hexes line up, or you could just choose to get the one primary color. So obviously they're really important. Uh, The other way you can do it is if you are able to get three corners of the hexes to line up to be the same color. And so you do have a little bit of defensive play to make sure you're never putting down two of the same color next to each other because then it'd be real easy for somebody to jump in, get that primary color plus all of the rest of their colors. Uh, and basically you just work to collect the colors needed to restore a given piece of art. You get a set bonus if you, re, uh, if you restore art by the same artist. Um, so a real thinky game I played as two players, I think is probably the best as a two player game. Cause as a two player game. It's very thinky, very, uh, very chess. Like I think once you got too much more than that, it would get kind of chaotic, hard to plan and you would just almost feel like the game was playing you. In fact, I almost felt that way, even with two players. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting uh, theme, interesting little game. I, I'm okay with it. I was kind of uh, in the middle with that one.
1: All right. They can't all be winners.
0: No. Um, however, well, the uh, <laughs> I did get to play one other game um, that I think you're going to be interested in. All right. Because I know the kind of games you like.
1: This is true. We have spent you know, two-plus years talking about Dude, games, well, we there is that. generally understand what we each other is looking for.
0: I finally... Thank you, Dave. Thank you. I got to play Robinson Crusoe.
1: Oh! Oh, I want to play it so bad.
0: Uh, so, Robin Crusoe... Robinson Crusoe... I don't know who Robin Crusoe is. He's <laughs> somebody else. Uh, Robinson Crusoe is a co-op game where you are playing on a deserted island. Um, and you start off with just a very limited knowledge of your island, a very limited supply of resources, and a couple of uh, initial resources. Everything you own, you own together. Uh, we There are four characters you can play. Uh, soldier, Explorer, Cook, and Carpenter. Uh, We had three players, uh, so we didn't have a soldier with us. Uh, I played as the explorer, and uh, in the game there are uh, essentially a couple of currencies. Uh, There are, uh, oh, I forget what they call them, I think determination, I think was what they called them, and those allow you to use your special abilities. But basically what you're trying to do is collect food, wood, and uh, there's also furs, and from those things, and from your access to other resources, you build everything. So you've got to build your shovel. You've got to build your you' got to build your your camp. You don't even get a camp <laughs> um, And if you aren't able to build your camp, or if you're not able to feed yourself, you take damage. Uh, and so each character has X amount of damage depending on who the character is. Uh, Each turn, each character gets two actions. Here's where it gets tricky. You can explore, you can build, or you can gather. Now, if you take one of your actions to do one of those things, you have to roll the dice of doom. And bad things happen.
1: Really, I was expecting, you know, rainbows and sunshine and lollipops (laughs) when I rolled the dice of doom.
0: (laughs) Or... You can take two actions to do one of those things, and you succeed automatically. Of course, the trick is, if you only take two actions, there's no way you're going to get everything you need done, done. So you have to decide, when am I going to do a double action and succeed for sure? When am I going to risk it and split my actions and have to roll the dice? Not just once, but twice, because you got to do it for each action. Um, Also, each turn there's kind of an event deck, so you always have something bad happening on each turn, even if you played it safe, so to speak. And then the final mechanic uh, that kicks in at various points, depending on the campaign you're playing, is weather. And uh, it can rain, it can snow, um, and in addition to that, you can have wild animals attack and things like that. That all kind of counts under weather. Uh, we played the starter campaign, right? The introductory level, so to speak. Um, and in which case, you, we had 12 turns, and weather didn't even start till turn six. Uh, turn six, it's one die. I think turn nine or something like that, it became two die, and then, then three dies of bad stuff happening. Um, this is a game that takes co-ops to the next level. Uh, this is like, okay, I guess the best way to say this is like it's like the Euro game of co-ops. Okay. In that you have a lot of... St- I mean, we were three very experienced gamers going back and forth like, hey, what are we going to do here? No, we need to do this. No, we need to do this. Well, no, we can't do all of these things. What about this? No, we got to wait next turn to do this and, and do that. And and we were playing the easy level. Right. Uh, we We did succeed. Uh, We succeeded on turn 11 of 12, um, and I had like one health left. And you die, anybody dies, you lose. Game over. So it was down Uh, to the wire. It was down to the wire. This is a, uh, this, (laughs) I can't imagine winning on any other level other than this. Because we had, you know, the Dice of Doom can come up okay, but there's a, like a super rare chance of that happening. And we had maybe four good rolls on those dice. Just complete dumb luck. Um, you know, almost everything that was uh, randomized, we had really good luck on. We didn't come up against any horrendous monsters. You know, I think the worst thing we had to fight was a jaguar. Um, I guess we did have an alligator, but. Uh, We didn't get the giant, you know, elephant gorilla kind of stuff. (laughs) An elephant gorilla? Uh, Yeah, that would suck. (laughs) Uh, That's uh, actually that's a different game. That's That's, uh, the Lost World. That's uh, (laughs) or um, uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau. How about that? Yeah. Um, I bet there were elephant gorillas in the Island of Doctor Moreau. There must be. Uh, um, uh, So a lot of fun, Uh, but you know what? In a way it doesn't have that feeling that co-op games have. Um, well, yeah, because there's not a lot of spawning in this game. Things that happen are fairly, you know things are going to happen.
1: You know Um, it's going to go bad real soon.
0: Right. This is more like an attrition kind of a thing. Uh, whereas a lot of, uh, co-op games, including Castle Panic that I just talked about, games like Pandemic and Elder Sign, you have these spawning issues where if you do something wrong, boop! A monster or something horrible is going to come or a tile is going to flip or the disease is going to spread, and you get to this point where you can have these cascade spawns. You know, in uh, Castle Panic, there's almost always a time in a game where you pull a monster boss and and the boss says, "Okay, now you got to pull two more car- monsters out." And you pull one of those monsters out, and it says, "Draw three more monsters." So you get that cascade of monsters just pouring out of the the bag, or you get in Pandemic uh, outbreaks. Outbreaks—that's what they're called, where they just start bouncing, and you get that. You don't just get one outbreak; you get a that triggers an outbreak next to it, and that triggers a third outbreak. And now <laughs> all of a sudden, you went from being okay to. We're doomed. And all of Russia
1: is dead. <laughs> right.
0: Um, now, there is a little bit of that with the rain dice, with the weather dice. Um, but what that does, what weather does essentially is break down your your camp and also cause you to either need to use more wood or more food. And if you ever don't have enough wood or food, you take damage. So again, even with those weather dice, it's an attrition kind of a thing. So very different vibe than most uh co-op games but an awful lot of fun um really again it's like i think the best way to say it is the euro game of co-op games where if you want to get nitty-gritty with this thing and really have to get tactical and figure out what you're going to do this is an awesome co-op game for that
1: yeah it's definitely on my list of games i want to play it just seems awesome also, the board has that amazing Jungle Boat Cruise
0: vibe about it. As it should. Which is awesome. I love it. I love that. I love that whole Indiana Jones, the, the the River Queen, all that that vibe. I love that so much. You know, if I could have been in another life, uh, <laughs> an explorer in 1850, I would have been a happy man. And if I could have had a steam robot with me doing it, that would have been even Better.
1: That makes everything better.
0: It does, it does. So, speaking of making things better, you were busy making the world a better place yesterday.
1: Through gaming, yeah. Oh, um, it's the best way. We uh, we took advantage of Tabletop Day and did a game for uh, the purpose of raising money for a local charity, or uh, it's a local non-profit, it's not even, a, I wouldn't even call it a quote-unquote charity, it's a non-profit um, called Love True. Uh, I've been able to work with a handful of the folks from Love True and actually got to meet one of the other team members. So if, you know, it's like I'm collecting them all like Pokemon and, um, (laughs) what these guys do is they are fighting against human trafficking and specifically sex slavery here in New Jersey. And whenever I, I mention that, and they get this a lot too, um, we live in a fairly affluent part of New Jersey and so, there's usually people who say, "Well, that's that—that's not a problem here. It's not a thing that we have to deal with. That's something that we, you know, support people overseas doing." Which it's true, it's happening there. But when you really think about it, uh, New Jersey, there are several airlines whose hub for international and really up and down the East Coast, their hub is here in New Jersey. Uh, we have some of the biggest international shipping lanes in the country and so a lot of this stuff does come through here and the folks at love true are trying to stop it they're trying to save uh save these these girls from just a terrible life of basically being used and abused when i asked them what the money we'd be raising for would be uh used for uh they said that they want to build a house that when they take these girls out of the situation they can't necessarily go home right away because when when the folks that are running these these slavery rings they they treat them like property and they want their property back and so they need to to find a place where the girls can can be away where no one knows where they are where it's an undisclosed location and just try to get back to normal and they said that Every dollar that we donated, which we ended up raising four hundred and fourteen dollars yesterday, nice. Um, every dollar of that is going to help build that house. So it was it was pretty cool to be a part of that, and we got to do it by gaming, which is fantastic. And there were actually a number of cool things that happened uh, in light of this. I mean, I can cite all the regular normal stuff that we cite when we talk about the coolness of gaming. Uh, whereas people are coming together, people from all different situations, all different uh, personality types, and, and they all came together at the same table, and it was awesome. We got to see that a lot. But one cool thing that I have to mention, because I, I, I didn't even really... I, I mentioned it in the tavern, but it was so quick that I couldn't talk about it on our last episode. Um, So I... Like I do, I blasted the internet with, "Hey, we're giving, we're, we're raffling away this game uh, to raise money for these guys. We're we're raffling off freedom, the Underground Railroad, because it ties in with what these folks are trying to do, and it it brings gaming into it, and it's perfect. So we're gonna raffle off this game." Well, after hitting the internet so often and so hard, I get an email, and it's on my Inroads email account, and it's. And it basically just says Tabletop Day on the subject line. And it's from a gentleman by the name of Brian Mayer. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, I don't think this is spam. That name sounds familiar. Where where do I know this person from? So I open up the email. And the very first words in the email are, So I hear you're giving away my game on Tabletop Day. Nice. And a real quick search over at BoardGameGeek Reminds me where I saw that name, as I looked under Freedom the Underground Railroad and looked at designer, and there it was, Brian Mayer. <laughs> and so I said, "Yeah, we're, we're raffling it off. We're hoping to raise some money for these folks for for a really good cause." And then he emailed me back and he said, "Do you want a signature?" Yes, yes, I do. yes, I do, sir. <laughs> so he he was really cool. He sent us a, a little sticker that says, "This is a limited edition signed copy of the game," and it has his signature on it. So that was it. Was really kind of fun because I, I'd love to say that I can take any credit for that and said, "Yo, I really I courted him," and he was really cool about. It. He called us, and that it made me feel cool. And it was it was really something that that ended up probably driving a huge portion of why we got as much money as we did for this event because by and large the bulk of the $414 dollars came from people buying raffle tickets for that game which I'm not gonna lie I was very excited to because I ended up winning it <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> I'm not I I even I even made sure I said look I have tickets in this box. I can't be the one to pull tickets out of it. So I actually got um, my friend Emily, who's one of the people on the staff of Love True, I said, you pick out a ticket because I cannot be held responsible for this. <laughs> and, and it ended up that she pulled my ticket, and I'm like, that's crazy. But yeah, so now I'm sitting on a, a limited edition signed copy, both by the designer and uh, two of the people from Love True who came by because I just thought it was important that because the event was for them and, and it's supporting what they did that they would sign it as well so needless to say I have a very unique copy <laughs> of this game yeah. and so yeah that was that was it was a really cool experience to do that and to we, we actually got a, a friendly local gaming store and I'll shout out to them uh, if you're in the greater New Jersey area check out Elite Battlegrounds um, they're our, our local uh, game store and I just popped in one day and I'm like dude I know you're doing something for Tabletop Day, but we are too, and we're raising money. Is there anything you can do for us? And he kind of looked back, and he goes, yeah, give me a second. And he just starts picking stuff off the shelves. And by the time he was done, he had a stack of comic books. He had a playmat that had their logo on it. He had a bunch of Captain America swag. And he just handed it to me and said, here you go. I hope it gets you some money. So that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, we we can say that the focal point of that little prize pack was the Captain America cologne, <laughs> and it was funny because somebody would always ask, "What does that smell like?" And then half the room would turn and say, "It smells like freedom." Nice, but yeah, no, it was it was a really cool event. We had people there. We had some people there that were there for the whole twelve hours. Um, we had others that were in and out throughout the day. I got to play Netrunner. That's always good. Hey, I just remembered the other game that I played for
0: played since the last time we
1: uh, talked. Netrunner. <laughs> nice. So, I also got to play a game that is not allowed to be owned in my house. That okay. That being betrayal at the house on the hill. Ah. Um, due to That is a messed up game. I I love it. I really did. Oh, uh, uh, it's awesome, but uh, messed up? It's fully messed <laughs> up. I can say for a fact, the first game I played, and this is the reason why I can't own this, thanks to the, the compromise that I've made with my wife, that I will be very very conscious of conscious of the fact that because, uh, you know, I've shared this before, because she, she has bipolar, sometimes completely out and above and beyond her own ability, she, the, the lines between what is real and what is not, Blur, and so we can't have anything in the house that are dangerous when that happens. So that straight up can't have betrayal in the House of the Hill because the very first game I played, we had an old German priest who opened up a gateway to hell and sucked us all into the pit. That I was, hate it when that happens. I hate it when that happens. But so it was. It was kind of fun because uh, my buddy Chris, who's been on the show before. Uh, he was playing the priest, and the priest's name is Father Reinhardt. And so we had him speaking this outrageous, like caricature of a German accent. Everything was Father Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was downright spectacular. We failed epically in that game. I can also say that I'm trying to think. I played so like countless, countless games, which I I. Documented repeatedly through the wonder that is the new Inroads Instagram account, and f- also that the Twitter kind of got backed up for that too. Uh, I can uh, I did have one fun moment. Uh, we played Smash Up, and my buddy had the obligatory Cthulhu expansion, nice. which I'd never played that expansion before. And so, at the first game we played, I was playing uh, a combination of the people of Innsmouth. Which is from the Cthulhu expansion, and uh, steampunks. Of course, it, it's no, no. The Innsmith was Innsmith was Bear Cavalry, so it's the Bear Cavalry of Innsmouth. And the, the the people of Innsmouth have a really cool card. It's called the Locals. <laughs> what happens when you play the Locals is you immediately search for the top three cards of the deck, and if there are any more the locals in those three cards you put that card in your hand immediately so what ended up usually happening was you play the locals you search for the cards there's another one of the locals in there so you play the locals which makes you search for another three cards and you'll find more the locals and then you will play an action event and uh... it'll let you play two minions that have the same name oh gosh i wonder what they could be the locals so at one point i swear I, I i i renamed one of the bases the local bar because on my side of the of the game it was just a string of like six of the locals it was the whole time we were joking my buddy just hated me for that <laughs> but no it was it was a really good time i really hope that everybody went out there and and played some great games on tabletop day I, I had a blast doing it. And uh yeah, it was a, it was an incredibly, incredibly fun time. And even got to, to see some, some new games get played, some new uh experiences. I, I played Love Letter, which I hadn't really gotten to play before. Oh. Played Koo, which is another a really quick game. we I, I did still notice the fact that the gaming group in my area is still very timid about gaming because there, when we were playing Love Letter Love Letter only plays four people and for those of you who might not know it's a 16 card game and every, at any given point at most you have two cards in your hand and then you, you play one of them so you only have one card in your hand And each round maybe takes like if once you know what you're doing each round maybe takes like 10 minutes
0: Oh, if even. If
1: even. That depends if no one pulls the card that actually starts knocking people out. There was, there was one time when the round literally lasted about three minutes because one person played a guard, and the guard lets you choose a, a person and say, if you have this card, you're out. And my buddy said, I think you're the prince, and I was out. And, and uh, the next guy who was playing said... I, you know, plays a guard and it says, I think you're the countess. Boom, the next person was out. And we're like, this is ridiculous. But I noticed that as we were playing this game of Love Letter, everyone else was just kind of watching. And I'm like, this is a fun game, but it's not that fun. Go, why don't you guys play other stuff? And then I realized they were all waiting for me. (laughs) So I've realized that I have to, to teach some people how to teach games.
0: Yeah, you need multiple people who'll be willing to lead a game. Um, and you know, that's, but that takes time.
1: Yeah. Well, as it is, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting the game of free, especially now that it's mine. I want to get it to the table. It's not, it's not a hard game, as in rules wise. It's actually really challenging to be successful at it. But it was de- appropriate. It was definitely a game that I had to sit and kind of, you know, wrap my head around the rules. But at the same point, it seems really, really good at doing what it sets out to do, which is both to grab a gamer. Like, the mechanics of the game are really sound. It, it's challenging without being impossible. And it's really accessible while... Allowing for a lot of strategy as well. But then there's also just these elements of of the education because there are these support cards and they all have flavor text on them and all the flavor text is actually historically accurate.
0: That's cool.
1: And it's all about people, places, events, stuff that's going on, and some of it's good and it helps your cause, but some of it is painful and if if you don't get rid of that, Then it's going to make playing the game a miserable experience because you're never going to be able to succeed as long as that's still out there. Um, It's not even a game about taking slaves from the plantation to Canada, which is one of the the things that you have to do to succeed. You have to get a certain number of slaves off the plantations and move them up to Canada uh, and, and therefore to safety. But there's also a lot of other stuff going on. Like you have to raise support to end slavery in America. Right. And if you don't do that, then you've lost anyway. Even if you've got your people to Canada, if you haven't ended slavery in the States, you're still losing. And there's some, really, there's some really, really deep moments when you start realizing that, yeah, these little wooden cubes represent people. And every once in a while, one of those little wooden cubes is brought back to the slave market. Or it gets lost. As in lost. It doesn't come back to the game and it is just taken away. And when you start equating the fact that, that one, that little square represents a person and then you realize that that person was an actual person in history. That that happened. You start realizing so so much of what we say is that, that games can do more than just provide entertainment. And Freedom does such a really solid, really good job of being a game that is very educational without you know, losing any aspect of being a good game. It is a solid game that is also educational without losing the quality of the game.
0: You know, as I think about it, there have been a lot of those in my life. Now... I'm going to grant you that freedom is way more intense than your average example. Of oh, yeah. It's, but,
1: it's, it was designed by a gentleman whose job it is, is to research how gaming can be used to educate. So.
0: <laughs> but as I think back, and, you know, some of this also goes into the video gaming territory, I learned a lot of history from my gaming experiences. Now don't get me wrong, I also I know a lot about, you know, mythology and things like that now because of my gaming experiences, but but you know, most of these games are set in places where you might not normally go. You might not normally experience some of these these uh themes, but because we're sitting there playing a game about it, you kind of learn just incidentally right uh through these games and and uh you know for me the the one that kind of best comes to mind uh is the civilization series of games
1: well, yeah,
0: yeah, the, I mean, how much
1: you know the only backfire to that though is that when Gandhi marches war elephants into your into your civilization fair enough fair <laughs> enough but
0: but you know you probably didn't know about these various. I mean, even some of the technologies, and and uh, certainly the special units, and the uh, wonders of the world. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff I wouldn't have learned necessarily as a kid. Uh, but it takes kind of the the whole DK, you know, books, you know, the DK series of books, right. uh, and and brings them to a little bit more life because you're interacting with them, you're playing with them, and I. Uh, so I mean, there is definitely. You know, we often talk about role-playing games and having to make decisions, and Freedom has a lot of that having-to-make-decision things. But it sometimes it doesn't have to be that profound. Sometimes just... Uh, out, well, we talked about... Um, uh, uh, nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there's little uh, newspaper headlines on each of the cards, and, and they're all fiction, but uh, they do kind of talk a little bit about the mob. And, uh, you know, that's a silly example, I realize. But um, you do pick up on these things. And, uh, again, is that a good reason to game? Eh, probably not. But it does show some of what we've been trying to say and that it's not malicious. Right. Uh, one of the things that, you know, as we do this show and as we do inroads and so much of. What I've kind of come down to, the, the, the answers to the big questions that we address on this show, what is good, what is bad, what is this, what is that, is that it really does come down to intention. Mm. First and foremost, it comes down to our intention. You know, what are we doing? You know, yesterday you went with the intent of changing someone's life. And you succeeded, at least in part, in doing that. You were part of that because that was your intention, you know. And everybody who came around you said, "Hey, we're going to do this." Uh, you know, I I uh, think that, and we talked to, uh, on the last episode about um, what's the name of the crazy track? Oh, Chick Track.
1: Yeah, we talked about Dark Dungeons.
0: Dark Dungeons. We talked about Dark Dungeons, and and you know, we always on this show. we always try to say, you know what? If you go looking for trouble, you will find it. Mm -hmm. It is the intention of your heart. It has nothing to do with... the, The things that you're engaging with are net neutral. You bring the values to the thing. You know? And yesterday, you showed that a group of people can come together and play Betrayal and House on the Hill. Yep, a screwed up dark game, and have it be redeemed, and be something not just good, but the highest order of great.
1: And it the thing itself is just a game. I, I think. I mean, I think there's a lot to that. Just the idea of, you know, we, we've said it before, it's, it's what you bring to the game. That The game in itself is just a tool. Now, granted, I say that as a gentleman who has a lot of tools in his tool shed. And, and there are certain games that I like more than others. But it's it's the people that play it. It's the reason you're playing. It's the gathering together like, part of the reason that we, we have difficulties with some people, and, and it's it's becoming less and less, as people kind of get exposed to what we're trying to do, it's becoming less and less. But a lot of people are still looking at, at games as, you know, just something to do when you don't have anything better to do. A- right. And, uh, you know, as we're starting to, to show people the intention of, of really building these relationships. We had one guy show up And, uh, he's, he's a friend of a friend and we were kind of told like, Hey man, this guy, he doesn't necessarily know how to interact with people. He's a little on the socially awkward side of the street and, and we were asked, Hey, make this guy kind of feel welcome. He's kind of new to the area and he just wants to meet some friends. So we we welcomed him in. We were we entered him into a game of the resistance, and and he was a spy. And we won because I was a spy too. Um, I can't help it that I'm apparently a gifted liar. <laughs> but um, anyway, so through that game, and we he started playing some more games. And before I know it, he was he was talking about the fact that we were going to church. He was sharing his dreams with people, and and people were getting him connected with other folks because. That's why we game. It's the it, we do it for the people. And I, I, it, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it, it, it's really a beautiful thing when you get to see it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing.
0: You know, Mike, I did something really stupid the other day. What's that? I googled us. Oh yeah. And you know, most of it's great, great, great. But anytime you Google yourself, by the time you get to about page four. You should stop. Because <laughs> I'm I'm happy when
1: I found our first troll. <laughs> uh,
0: so I, you know I I did I come across a guy and he basically said this is this is lame. There is no nothing good. You know it it wasn't that games are bad, which you know kind of was what I was expecting, but just you can't have good come out of games because it's not Bible. I guess I don't know. Um, and to me, that's just the silliest attitude in the world. That's like saying you can't have good come out of medicine. Right. You know, or you can't have good come out of sports. Or you can't have good come out of books or whatever. That's, you know, God made us creators for a reason. He said, here's what I want you to do, folks. I want you to get out there and I'm going to give you this little, little spark inside of you. And I'd like you to take that little spark and go out and do stuff with it because when you do stuff with it and you do it right people are going to see that little spark in you and when they see that little spark in you they're going to see the fire in me
1: well we it, and, literally in, in Sunday school this morning which it must have been a god thing because I, I rarely especially the day after 12 hours of solid gaming I don't I don't normally get up earlier than I normally do to get to Sunday school um, but my wife had nursery duty, and so I found my way to the, the the class, and I know everybody there, so it it wasn't like there was that awkwardness, and so I just sat down. I go today of all days, I'm gonna be here, and so my wife can can do what she loves to do, and and really, I I really think that it's her ministry is to hang out with the little kids because that that's her passion. Um. And we sat – I sat down and and it happened to be the parable of the talents today. That was what they were going over. The idea of uh, the master walks in and says, I'm going to give you five talents. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to give you two and I'm going to give you one. Now I'm going to go on a trip. When I come back, I want to see what you did with it. And the man with five comes up and he says, master, I've I've given you – I've raised ten. And the guy with two said, I've got four for you. And – in you know, to use a Charlie Brown metaphor, the last guy says, "I've got a rock." Got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> ba- basically, he said I was terrified of you and what you would do to me if if I screwed this up, and so I I just kind of buried it, and I, I have it back for you, but I didn't really do anything with it. And this this passage has been talked about by a lot of people. If you read commentaries, there's lots of different layers of meaning and different allegories of it but uh pretty much what what i get out of it and every this is every time i read it is the idea that god has has simply asked you to get in the game and i say that because one thing that i did uh, as we were looking over it this morning one thing i noticed is that god never you know in this in this parable you know the master is considered god and he never asked them to double it in fact, when he yells at the guy who buried it, he said, Even if you put it in the bank, I would have gotten what I had what, what I had given you plus interest. Like, he didn't ask them to double it. He didn't demand they double it. He just asked, do something with what I've given you so that it might bear fruit. And I think that's something to be seen here. Like... I honestly had no expectations as to what we were going to do today because I found out as we were planning this – because because it was tied to International Tabletop Day, I had nothing to do with we're, we're doing it on this day. Right. So I, as we I were planning it, I found out there's a big retreat this weekend, so a lot of the church folks aren't going to be there. There's you know an uh, uh, international missions thing, so we couldn't even do it at the church. I had to find a secondary location And there's all these things that say, I shouldn't do it on this day. Shouldn't do it, but we're going to do it anyway because it's International Tabletop Day. And this was, I I will say, this was a rather small event compared to past events that I've done for Gaming Days. It was a smaller event simply because people weren't there to come out. And for a while there, I was kind of beating myself and kind of prepping myself for the fact that that we're not going to raise that much money. We're not going to do that much. It's going to be fun, and we're going to have we're going to enjoy ourselves. But there's just there's not much is going to come out of this. And when we did, when we totaled it up, and I saw that we had raised over four hundred dollars in one day, and I, I looked and I saw the expression uh, on on Emily's face from Love True when when she heard what the number was. And just the, 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 she came up to me afterwards and said that they keep encouraging people to do this kind of stuff because they want to see people get really passionate. They want people to go out and do whatever it is they love and use that to raise money to help support what Love True does. And so she goes, You were the first people who actually did that. And to hear all this stuff on this event that I thought was going to be crap. <laughs> not not for lack of effort just for timing right i thought nothing was going to come from this and god said no dude i seriously i just want you to get in the game here and when you get into the game i'm going to do something really cool and there there were some re- there's really cool stuff going on like re- like i said the relationship with this with this one guy who was just looking for people in the area and he felt like welcomed and part of the group there were a couple people who are friends of mine, but didn't know anyone else in the room, and they started building relationships with people, and and it was it was just it was cool to just sit back every once in a while in between games, and to just to just see this develop, and see what was going on, and yeah, I so many times it's just it's just about getting in the game. <laughs>
0: You know, we uh, we end every episode with the same little phrase. We say that God is the Game Master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. And, you know, we've kind of gotten to the point where I, I've said that about, you know, 75 times. Give or no, care. I've
1: said it a couple times.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I've said it about 70 times. Uh, and, and we can kind of forget what it means. And like you said, you know, the Game Master is the one who's in control of the game. Right. And guess what? We cheat, because Game Master's in control of the dice, too. Yeah. And, like you said, he's saying, get in the game, play the game. I've got the outcome taken care of, don't worry about that. And, you know what, maybe you, if you would have earned 20 bucks yesterday, well, God would have known that. Right. And that's what he would have done yesterday, and that's okay. But you didn't. You raised 420 bucks. And... That's, that's a God thing. That's not us. Yeah, we're the ones putting the money in the thing, buying the raffle tickets, whatever. But God's the one who is controlling those dice. But we're the one who's throwing them. Right. And if we don't throw them, they'll never come up anything. And we're just going to have to give them back at the end of the day. And God says, throw the dice. See what happens. Because I've got an incredible game for you to play out. And sometimes, man, it's going to be like... Betrayal on House of the Hill, or Robinson Crusoe, or even Castle Panic, man. It's going to be hard, and <laughs> things aren't going to go well. But sometimes... Uh, you know what? You're going to win that game of Castle Panic. You're going to win that game of of Robinson Crusoe. And he's the one who's in charge. And, uh, you know... I. Is this the most profound thing in the world? Well, that's debatable.
1: It is to us. We're rather fond of it. It
0: might not be to somebody else, but that's okay. Because the thing is, is we're in the game. And everybody who's listening with us, who's taking part with us in the game days, in the uh, uh, the p- play-by-post, who's hanging out with us in the tavern, who are posting... Uh, articles and things like that for inroads man they're in the game with us and i don't know how the dice are gonna fall i have no idea but so far things have been going pretty good yeah and i just so far it seems like god's got a good plan for this one
1: and i do want to for for some reason this is just uh coming to mind one of the guys who who came out is a guy from church um i don't i you know i i didn't know him well I, I know him better now but I don't I still don't know him super well but in church he's always been kind of super quiet. He's not very rambunctious. he doesn't really say a lot. He never speaks up when you're in uh, like a Bible study environment and and part of it's just his personality. We got him at the gaming table and he starts going nuts and a friend of, another uh, another friend of mine says wow this is really great you know it's good that you came out and hang out with us because i've never heard you talk before and he looked at us and said this is my environment he's like i don't talk normally unless you have me in my environment and he says you want to talk games you are talking my language And I think there's a lot of us out there. And, you know, I I know it kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway because, you know, we've all been there at one point or another. If gaming is your language, you should speak it to the glory of God. And don't be afraid to do that.
0: Well, man, I'm glad that things went so well for you yesterday.
1: Yeah, it was a really good time.
0: I'm really looking forward to talking to you about Noah on the next episode. I think that's going to be a fun... A fun little discussion. Yeah, I really do. Uh, and so, uh, give us all
1: the contact infos. Basically, I'm just going to point you to uh, the Inroads website, where you can find under our. Uh, I believe I changed it. Actually, I believe it's under our About tab now, because I was feeling kind of crazy and internety, kind of tweaking things. Yeah, um, yeah internet So, so under our About tab, you should be able to find out how to contact us. It has everything from uh, our contact information, both Luke and myself. It has the the inroads email. It has how to get us all on Twitter. It has the uh, link to Jeff's blog post about uh, Absalom and Shadow. The his story recaps. It has it, it has a bunch of stuff. Pretty much every social media on the planet, we're on it.
0: Hey man, I, I was wondering, does it have our Blizzard uh, stuffs? Whatever they call those. No, it Battle doesn't. But, we, should, we should put that on. But
1: here's the thing. Ready? Watch this. Hey, guys. Future Mike here. I've now put this on. <laughs> awesome.
0: Uh, that's great. Uh, come hang out and uh, help me clicky-clicky on bad guys and make them blow up.
1: There you go. Or you can play awesome. me on Hearthstone because I don't have yeah, Diablo. You can, you,
0: you can play me on Hearthstone, too. <laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> Uh, but if you have a better deck than me i'm gonna be angry at you <laughs> so uh so with that man uh we just encourage everybody then first off thank you so much for listening second off get in the game man get in the game because god is the game master and no matter how the dice fall the game plays all.